you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And on today's program, I want to close out our discussion of this Tennessee game with a few more notes from that loss, the 35-12 loss to the Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday, and also more news and well-speculation Little tidbits of information about the upcoming basketball season are trickling out slowly but surely, so we'll try to navigate our way through all of that. But first, of course, we got to talk about the breaking news just about 10, 12 minutes ago, and, well, that was possibly from Captain Obvious from Hotels.com. But no, it was indeed from our head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, and that is that Connor Bazelak is officially the starting quarterback for Saturday's game against the Louisiana State Tigers. And you know what? That's the only move that could have possibly been made. I think we all agree with that at this point. If you want to quibble and say, why didn't he pick? If, if it's this obvious that Basilak is the better player, why didn't he figure this out in fall camp? Well, I have a couple possible answers for that. Number one, obviously, Connor still coming off that ACL injury. They said he was a full go for all of fall camp, but it wouldn't be a surprise to me if maybe he was a little bit hesitant, something like that. Maybe they were just trying to bring him on a little bit slower. That's a possible explanation, and I don't know. Frankly, maybe some guys are just better when, you can, when you, they get that red jersey taken off and you can actually hit the quarterback. Maybe Basilek's just a little bit more comfortable when he can move freely around the pocket. But regardless, it couldn't be more obvious that Basilek should be the guy on Saturday, and and barring any wild changes in his play going forward, he's got to be the guy the rest of the season. And for all the talk of, well, he ran this wishbone offense in high school, that is the most overrated thing I've ever heard in my life when it comes to actually evaluating a player I don't care what offense he ran in high school. We saw what we saw from him last season against Georgia, against Arkansas, in limited action. And yeah, even just three quarters of this game and a little bit of action against Alabama, you could say, well, statistically, that's a small sample size. But again, I'm not looking at the stats. I'm looking at the kids, just his moxie, his calmness in the pocket, his ability to move in the pocket, and of course... Just his arm in general, the way the guy spins the ball is just special. And despite the fact that the guy looks like he might be 11 years old, I really think we might have something special here for a few years in Connor Bazelak. And speaking of that Tennessee game, one one thing I noted was that, well, obviously Connor did tear that ACL against Arkansas last year on what was a bit of a late and awkward slide. Now there's where the wishbone offense might have come into play. Not a lot of sliding, probably, after a quarterback keeper in the wishbone. So maybe that's something Basilak had to try to learn at the college level. And, well, he did have one slide that it looked comfortable, and, hey, all systems go on the slide. Definitely learn how to do that one, all you young quarterbacks out there. Now, despite the fact that Tennessee marched its opening drive down the field for a touchdown, 
I was happy initially when Eli Drinkwitz won the coin toss and deferred to the second half. In other words, the Tigers were going to kick off to start, receive the kick at halftime. And again, despite the fact that Tennessee scored there, their first possession went up 7 nothing. some people might have said, hey, you're on the road, you got a young team, take the ball, try to get some momentum. But frankly, if we saw how Missouri's first drive played out, how most of Tennessee's offense played out for the entire game, I'm not sure that that would have changed anything. I think, if anything, Missouri probably goes three and out, looks ugly on its first possession with Robinson in a quarterback before they realize that Basilak is their guy. And then Tennessee just has a shorter field and ends up scoring a touchdown anyway. To me, the reason I would like any coach that I have, for the most part, there could be some maybe weather-related exceptions, but for the most part, I want my coach to defer, take the ball at halftime every time because that's the only way, barring a turnover, I guess, that's the only way you're going to get, or an onside kick recovery, that's the only way you're going to be able to get back-to-back possessions. The New England Patriots for years famously would defer Tom Brady would drive them down the field. They'd get get a score at the end of the half and then have the ball again and get another score. And that's they would essentially often put the games away during those moments. Well, to me, any football team, regardless of you're the Patriots or maybe you're one of the worst teams in the SEC, as Missouri appears to be right now, I think you should do it every single time regardless. And you know what? I brought up weather there during that coin toss discussion there and Missouri and LSU certainly might have some weather challenges here this weekend related to Hurricane Delta and I want to get into that and more on the Missouri-Tennessee game some more news and notes from around the world of Mizzou sports but first I do want to tell you once again about my friends at Built Bar because speaking of deferring the coin toss to the second half your victory in the coin toss every time Well, every time you need new auto parts for your car or truck, well, you should always go to rockauto.com. And that's for your everyday driving around kind of vehicle or even your classic car. Because guess what? At rockauto.com, their selection is unbeatable because they're purely online. They have no chain front stores that by their very nature are going to be limited in the amount of inventory that they're going to actually have on hand. But instead, think of rockauto.com as the Amazon of car parts. They have warehouses throughout this country, and they can ship to you wherever you are. So go to rockauto.com right now, see everything that's available for your car or truck, and tell them Locked On sent you when you check out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Well, the latest news about Hurricane Delta is it is now up to a Category 4 hurricane up to with winds up to 130 miles per hour. And according to Gabe DeArmond over at powermazoo.com, there is consideration, I'm quoting here, there is consideration being given to moving the game from Baton Rouge to Columbia due to concern over the tropical storms being forecast. Nothing certain by any means, not sure on a timetable for when they would do so, but it's at least being considered. And then Gabe later said that that decision is likely 
going to happen by Thursday if they are going to move the game from Baton Rouge to, well, possibly Columbia or possibly another neutral site to be determined. Obviously, Jim Sterk and the LSU athletic uh, director going to be in constant communication here over the next few days. Honestly, just from a football perspective, let's say this game is moved to Columbia. Well, the obvious take is this is an advantage for Missouri, isn't it? Because not only would LSU be traveling, not only would the game be in Columbia, well, it'd be under really difficult circumstances, too. Not exactly everybody's going to be scrambling, everybody's going to be worried about, you know, we're human beings. We're worried about our homework. We're worried about our families and just the, the ins and outs of travel. It's just, it's a nightmare, frankly, if, if it is going to have to be moved from Baton Rouge, especially for the LSU Tigers. And frankly, when you look at some of the results for this past weekend, it's unclear to me just how good LSU is at this point. Certainly, you got to think they're better than Missouri, just based on their recruiting from the last few decades. Let's put it that way. But when you see Arkansas this past weekend beat Mississippi State 21-14, to well, that makes you wonder, was that more Mississippi State being really good or LSU being not so good? in that upset victory by the Bulldogs over the LSU Tigers in week one. Regardless, as of now, your weather forecasters are predicting that as this storm goes over the Yucatan Peninsula, which is in the, for those of you who've been to Cancun, Cozumel, that region of Mexico, that's what we're talking about on the the east part of that country. Expected to, the, the winds are expected to strengthen and, well, The storm is expected to hit landfall in the U.S. Somewhere in the New Orleans area, as of now, sorry, I should say the Louisiana area, sometime on Friday. So not much else to add there, just something to keep in mind as we move towards Saturday. Now quickly, I just want to break down and maybe nitpick and praise some of Eli Drinkwitz's play calling from this past Saturday. Now first of all, Missouri was driving at one point. Basilak had taken over at this point. It was second and seven, and Missouri was in field goal range, and Eli decided now's the time for an outside zone run by Tyler Beatty. And unfortunately, that, that play lost yardage, which, by the way, that's something that the Tennessee ground game did not do one time on Saturday. They did not lose yardage on a run play. But Missouri did lose yardage on this snap, unfortunately, and ultimately the third and long was not successful. Good news on the play, though. Harrison Mevis looked great on his 50-yard field goal. That thing was money with plenty of distance on it, too. So certainly all the people who have said, hey, looks like Missouri's got a kicker, certainly looks like they're right so far. All systems go for, for the thicker Harrison Mevis. But you know what? The last two weeks I've predicted that Missouri would be fairly conservative on first and second downs these first two weeks, and and so far that was mostly true. I just think now now that Basilak is in, now that we know we have somebody who you can spread it, apart, spread it around and throw the ball a little bit, well, I think it's time for second and seven to become a throwing down for this offense more often than not. And frankly, if you're not 
going to throw the ball there. We'll cram it up the middle with Larry Roundtree because that kid was running really well on Saturday. And as much as I like Tyler Beatty as a player, as an overall player, especially as a receiver, right now Roundtree is clearly the better runner. Now on the positive side, let's look at a couple notable plays from Missouri's touchdown drives. In fact, two fourth down conversions on said touchdown drive. The first one, obviously, was fourth and one. Connor Basilek completes a play-action pass on fourth and one about 25 yards down the field to Logan Christopher, or Christofferson, as the TV guys called him. Now, obviously, this was a beautiful throw by Connor Basilek and a tremendous catch by Logan Christopher for his first catch of his career, I believe. So good for Logan bringing in a clutch play for his first reception of his career in an important moment. But you might, you'd be forgiven because I thought this too. I thought, boy, great play, but that was a really high degree of difficulty to get one yard on fourth down. But you know what? You go back and watch that play. It's rather obvious why. That was such a difficult play. Clearly, Christopher was not the number one option because Connor Bazelak, well, he may have made a bit of a freshman mistake here because clearly he turned the wrong way. Larry Roundtree and the entire play is flowing to the right side as if it's going to be an outside run to the right. But instead, Connor Bazelak turns over his left shoulder and fakes a handoff to no one. There's no one there to hand the ball off to. So in that vein, when Nico Hia, who starts on the left side of the play, he comes all the way across the formation to the right side. And presumably, if there was a run fake there to Roundtree, who again was having a really nice football game, he is probably open in the flat there. Because as a defender, you're probably assuming that he is blocking on that particular play. Or maybe he just gets lost, frankly, coming across the offensive line. But because the defenders could see this was not going to be a run, they were able to defend Hia, and they were able to defend Roundtree, who also could have been an option in the flat there. Again, the running back himself can get lost in that type of play. So with those two options both well covered in the flat, Basilak had no choice but to throw it up to Logan Christopher. And thank goodness he threw an absolutely perfect ball. And again, Christopher goes up and gets that thing for a first down. Again, great athletic play, a pretty good play call, just not good execution on the snap there by Basilak. Made that play a lot more difficult than it needed to be. And finally, after this final final break, I do want to talk about how Missouri finally got the ball into the end zone on fourth down and some basketball news and notes. But first, just a quick another word from my friends at Build Bar. And you know what? I've talked about this product a lot, but one thing I haven't talked about may be my favorite attribute of Belt Bar of all, and that's the convenience factor. Because you know what? I've got a busy life. You all have busy lives. And that's one reason why you like to listen to podcasts if you're like me, because you don't have time to just sit around and melt away on the couch watching television. But what you do have time to do is take in a lot of great podcast content from the likes of me 
while you're on the move getting everything done you need to get done during your busy life. Well, Build Bar is just like that. You can put it in your pocket for a nice low-cal, low-carb, but high-protein treat anytime you want it. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com for $10 off. Well, one thing I've seen for years is that in a vacuum, the quarterback sneak might be the hardest play to stop in football. If you just consider success getting a first down, well, then it really is one of the most effective plays that there is. And outside of a vacuum, if you're Tennessee and you have a really good offensive line and a large quarterback to pile his way over that first down marker, now you're really, really talking about a difficult play to stop. So, again, in a vacuum, what do you have to do to stop this play? We're going to have to put a lot of big guys right at the line of scrimmage, probably two guys in the A-gap and maybe even another defender right on top of the center in a zero technique as well. I mean, you're just going to have to commit a tremendous amount of manpower right at the football, right at the snap of the ball. So in that vein, if defensively, if you're going to commit that many people to that spot, it's going to be nearly impossible to then defend the outside of the field. And we've seen this in the NFL. Around the goal line in these situations, suddenly the jet sweep and the, the tight end around, if you will, the tight end jet sweep, all those types of things have become much more the quick-hitting outside run has become really popular around the goal line all of a sudden. We even saw it from Tennessee this weekend, I think. But you know what? Eli had, a, had his own take on this whole, this whole strategy when initially Bazelak was in the shotgun, looked like he was going to take that snap, then ends up quickly getting up under center, as we've seen many teams do for years. They'll fake like they're going to take a shotgun snap. Then the quarterback quickly gets under center, then takes that sneak play just to give the defense – as little time to set up as possible. Well, obviously Eli faked that action and then tossed the ball to the outside to Larry Roundtree for a really, really easy touchdown. I just thought that was excellent play design and obviously well executed by by Missouri. Frankly, again, if you're in a situation, if the defense is going to defend the sneak, if they're going to sell out on the sneak, which generally you can tell before the snap if they're going to do it or not, it's almost impossible to then defend the outside. Just a quick hitting play to the outside, like that quick toss to Larry Roundtree. So nicely done there by Eli and everybody. And, you know, just something to watch, I think, around the goal line. You're going to see many more quick hitting outside type run plays from here on forward. And quickly moving to college basketball. Before we get out of here for the day, according to sources throughout the college basketball landscape, the Men's Basketball Oversight Committee committee is going to discuss very soon on whether these basketball players like football this season, if they're all going to get an additional season of eligibility as well. And it's expected that the council is going to decide this via vote on either October 13th or the 14th. Now, my position on this has been well told already at this point. I think... When it comes to football, you're just creating more problems than it's worth when you give these guys a free year, essentially. And it's not just about the guys 
who are currently there, it's just as much about the guys who are in high school. And frankly, when it comes to basketball, it's almost even more of a problem because you have precious few spots available. Frankly, if anything, this is an advantage. I think if that happens, I think it'll be an advantage quite possibly for your Dukes and your Kentuckys, the teams that tend to have a lot of one-and-done type players, the freshmen who come in for one season and then go to the NBA. Well, if you have this this revolving door of superstar freshmen who come in every single year for a season like a Zion Williamson or whoever it might be, then that's probably fine for you. That extra, everybody on your roster having an extra year isn't going to deter any recruits in that particular case. But if you're Missouri, it just might. Because if you're looking at, oh, maybe I will go to a place like, say you're a Devin Booker. If I were Devin Booker, this would make me more likely to go to a place like Kentucky, if anything, than even considering my dad's alma mater, just because I'd be thinking, well, wait a minute. Are Drew Smith and and, and Drew Bugs and, and Mark Smith, so all these guys are going to be here next year? I know Mark Smith and Drew Bugs are going to be seniors. I think Mark is just a junior. But the point is, even for for these freshman guys, these guys in high school who who, are, who would be freshmen in a year from now, I could just see how it deter you from maybe going to certain places that are sophomore and junior laden at your spot when you think, okay, I, these guys will be graduated by the time I'm a freshman or sophomore. Well, now, maybe not. I just think that might deter some guys and certainly change a lot of decisions. But also, in more specific Missouri news, it certainly looks like the Myrtle Beach Invitational, which was essentially going to become the Orlando Myrtle Beach Invitational, it looked like at one point. Well, now several teams are dropping out of these tournaments. And And Dayton and Nebraska are both now out of this Myrtle Beach Invitational event. And it sounds like Pittsburgh is leaning towards withdrawing as well. So, I don't know. It sounds like we're moving maybe toward more localized preseason tournaments. You know, perhaps remember when Missouri played Kansas a few years ago for hurricane relief. It's sounding like there may be some tournaments that benefit social justice initiatives, for instance. So, maybe you could see Missouri hosting a, a four-team tournament with, say, Missouri State, SLU and UMKC or maybe there's maybe there'd be four more throw in Wichita State and and whoever else I'm not sure but just something like that probably would make a lot of sense at this point so with all that being said let's put that Tennessee game to bed forever at least in this space and move on to LSU in these coming episodes so until next time I am John Miller and this has been Locked on Mizzou.